0: On today's Locked On Jayhawks, Kansas did it again. They got another top-tier recruit, top 500 kid in cornerback, Jalen Todd. We'll discuss what it means for the future of the cornerback room, his addition, what he's bringing to the table, and more on the amazing class of 20 Kansas is putting together. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, you can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN and Lawrence with Rock Shock Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us, like, and subscribe to the show on YouTube. On today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we're going to be talking Jalen Todd, KU's newest commit. They added yet another one this week. I think that gives him five, giving him a handful, brings him up to ten for the class of 2024. We will break down now where things are at in the class of 2024, um, and uh, also we're going to talk the future of the cornerback room because it looks really good for now and moving ahead. First, though, this episode of Locked On. On Jayhawk brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Okay. So uh, Kansas is officially addicted to getting football commits for the class of 2024, five of them over the past week since that mega visit over the weekend. Uh, we've talked plenty about it on the past couple episodes and now some updated numbers and, and who the latest kid is here with Jalen Todd this is believed to be one of the biggest commits in the class of 2024 for KU. He is a six foot 165 pound, although some sites have him at six foot one, 170 pounds as a cornerback. Um, I believe he also sometimes plays safety and wide receiver at the high school level. I think the college projection is for him to play corner. Obviously, he becomes the third corner in KU's class of 2024. So I guess long term, if you have enough corner competition, like could somebody move to safety out of that group? I I guess I wouldn't rule it out, but you can never have enough corners. And and Todd is one of your more talented guys coming in. So you're going to expect him to play the position that he was recruited for. Uh, He's from Southfield, Michigan, where he goes to Southfield High School. And Michigan is becoming arguably KU's biggest pipeline. That is a very good pipeline to have. There are a lot of good players in the Michigan area that have made up good teams at Michigan, at Michigan State, and other teams in the Big Ten. You look to Iowa and other schools that have recruited there. Obviously, you want to consistently consistently have a big presence in your home state in Kansas and I think Kansas is continually trying to do that whether it's from bringing on kids via scholarship or bolstering your walk-on program in state those are things that are very important and Kansas is trying to and, and is putting an emphasis on that you see them last year bring on Jaden Ham and Calvin Clements uh, they just made an offer to like a 2025 or 2026 whatever it be kid offensive tackle from in state like Uh, they're they're making efforts in that regard, but you still have to have pipelines in other areas too. And having one in Michigan, which you've developed with Chris Simpson, what he's doing is of vital importance. And now you have some really good players that are coming in from the area. Todd is a three-star on 24-7 sports grades. He's also a three-star on the 24-7 composite, but he has got to be darn close to being a four-star. He ranks as the 43rd overall cornerback on the 24-7 composite and the number 451st recruit overall. So repeating my spiel about top 1,000 recruits are a big deal for Kansas. Top 500 recruits are an even bigger deal for Kansas. This is a huge get for KU. He becomes their second best recruit by recruiting ranking on the composite on 24 seven sports to join the team. It is him and Alexander, both corners coming into the program right now that are number one and number two. I mean, as far as the offer sheet, it is a who's who you pretty much have all these big 10 schools, some sec schools, Iowa, West Virginia, Auburn, Florida, Indiana, Michigan, Louisville, Michigan state, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Purdue, Pittsburgh. I could go on and on and on with all the offers this kid had. You get the point. Uh, Power five heavy, really good school heavy. This is a very big get, as you'd imagine, with the top 500 recruit for Kansas. He's a good athlete. He runs track in high school, ran an 11, 5, 8, 100, competed on the teams 4 by one 4 by 2 and 4 by 4 in track. Obviously had good football tape, good football numbers, good football athleticism. Did all that stuff as a uh, junior in high school. He'll be a senior in high school this upcoming year. Uh, very high potential for what you're bringing in. And it's funny, you you look at the corner, the the body types, I guess, of, of players that KU brings in. We talked about this with Alexander, the case for Todd also, you know, only 165, only 170 pounds, but that's not necessarily going to preclude you from getting on the field. It would, the weight thing, if you're on the offensive or defensive line, or maybe if you're a linebacker or a tight end, you got to take time to add the weight. We saw Kobe Bryant, we saw Melo Dotson play last year at lower weights. We saw Kobe Bryant get in very early as, as a freshman coming in at a lower weight of 160 to 170 pounds. So uh, even despite that, like this, this is not a kid, even though they're going to try to add weight to him, that it's going to preclude him from playing because at that position, it does allow you to get on the field a little bit sooner, even if that is the case. But it might be hard to get on the field right away because KU does have a lot of good corners currently in tow. And this is one of their position groups that might be the best both in terms of this year upcoming. It's one of their best. It might be the best on the defensive side of the ball and it now might be the best in terms of long-term and what they're set up to have moving forward which is really really exciting let's get into that position group now with how loaded it is for now and beyond and also the overall thoughts on the class of 2024 first though this episode of locked on jayhawks is brought to you by bird you know uh bird dogs make you look good they're stretch khaki shorts and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg area, giving you a truly sculpted look. You're going to look nice going out to different nice events that you need to or, you know, going out on a date or something when it's during the summer and it's a little hot. You don't want to be sweaty. You know, you're going to be holding hands possibly of a significant other. You don't want to have sweaty palms and stuff. Uh, Be cool, be calm, be relaxed, and be looking good. You're going to get that with bird dogs. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, but you're going to get that feel of having almost like gym shorts on. They're airy, they're light, they look good. Uh, So highly recommend getting bird dogs if you do not have any, because as soon as you get that first pair, as soon as you put it on, as soon as you see what it looks like and you feel what it looks like, you're never going to want to go to another shorts brand again. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, move what this means for back position for KU. I think if you're looking at position groups for this year's team on KU, like obviously just having Jalen Daniels makes the quarterback position arguably number one. And then you add to it, you do have Jason Bean, even though you don't feel like you have maybe a ton of. As much depth if you would have had Ethan Vasco, you could argue the quarterback position is number one for KU. Uh, you could argue receivers up there, tight ends really good, offensive line is good and deep, running backs really good this year, cornerback like those would be your top position groups for this year. But what about for this year and beyond? If you're just talking about the foreseeable future of a position group for the current and the future, cornerback might be number one. Honestly, running back would be up there too. We talked a little bit about Harry Stewart committing to the program and how. You know, right now, running back, you have Devin Neal. You have Daniel Highshaw, two proven guys as your one-two. Savion Morrison, a former four-star guy who we saw flashes have uh, a couple runs that he ripped off that, you know, were 20, 30-yard runs this past season. You had Dylan McDuffie, a transfer who uh, had really good production at Buffalo, then kind of played sparingly at Georgia Tech, right? Uh, you have good guys at the running back position, Johnny Thompson coming in, and now you have the future with Harry Stewart, Red Martell coming along where the running back position is looking really good for the now and the future, whereas... Maybe some of these other positions, it's like, well, quarterback looks really good now. You have Isaiah Marshall coming in, in the future. That would certainly be up there, but you never know how quarterbacks are going to come in for. And what about the future depth behind that? Because Jason Bean could be gone after or will be gone after this year. Jalen Daniels could be gone after this year, right? There may be some more questions there. Um, at the you know, offensive line, like what's gonna happen when Novitsky and Pooney and some of these guys graduate, right? To where I think you could argue your cornerback is your best position for this and the future, right now. KU has a really good roster. And I think with when you look at what they'd be adding in the class of 2024, I don't think they'll be looking to add any more corners. You have three in tow now. Again, do all three end up playing corners? Does anybody move to safety? Does that change things up? But with Gibson, with Alexander, with Todd all aboard, I think you're set at corner for what you're bringing in. So I'm not expecting them to bring anybody else in, but that's going to be more than enough. This year, you have Kobe Bryant, who was an all-Big 12 first-team performer. He's back as a junior now. On your two deep, Melo Dotson was a full time starter for you last year as a sophomore. He's back as a junior. Kalen Gervin, former transfer from Michigan State, he was kind of your nickel back and would fill in if guys got hurt. He'll be he's back for his final year, redshirt senior this year. So your three starters are already back this year. You already feel good about that position. It's your best position on the defensive side of the ball. You also added Demarius McGee, who was a transfer from LSU, former top one hundred and fifty recruit. He's a redshirt sophomore. Brian Dilworth, who was uh one of your top high school commits in the class of um, 2022, redshirted last year. He'll be, I'd imagine, on the two-deep this year. Quentin Lassiter, the younger brother of Kwame Lassiter, uh, he's a senior, and, and I've heard good things about what he did during spring ball, so that's probably your two-deep. You feel very good about those six guys being kind of in that group and, and in that core for you. And then you look at 2024. Now at that point, so you feel good about this year. What about for next year? Well, Kalen Gervin, Quentin Lassiter would both both be gone. Uh, for for Gervin, he for sure would, would exhaust his eligibility. Lasseter might be able to have another year. I, I don't know, possibly with you know COVID year and stuff like that. But let's say both of them are gone. You still have possibly Kobe Bryant back as a senior. Now, maybe Kobe has a good enough year, first team all Big 12 last year, where he improves on that this year, does the same thing, and then he goes off to the NFL and you know ends up being a draft pick. Um, so he would be kind of a maybe, but then you have Melo Dotson back for senior year, Demarius McGee as a redshirt junior, who you expect him to continue to trend same with Brian Dilworth at that point would be a redshirt sophomore so you're either going to have Bryant Dotson McGee and Dilworth as four corners you feel really good about with the talent level in addition to the three corners that you're bringing on in the class of 2024 you feel like the talent group would be there and even if Kobe is gone yes that would be a big hit for next year's team but you'd still have Dotson, McGee, Dilworth as returning guys, those three guys you're bringing in this year. And again, because that is a position, like I feel like corner is one of the positions where you can get on the field a little bit earlier. Corner, running back, there are certain positions where that becomes a little bit easier there that you feel good about where you're going to be at that position group next year. And then come 2025 and beyond, okay, t- come 2025, Kobe Bryant's gone, Melo Dotson's gone, Kalen gervin has gone, Quentin Lassiter's gone but you still have possibly a redshirt senior Demarius McGee in 2025. You still have a redshirt junior Brian Dilworth. You still have at that point what would be year two for Austin Alexander, year two for Jalen Todd, year two for Andre Gibson, whether any of those guys are redshirt freshmen or true sophomores, that you have three top 1,000 quarterback recruits coming in as year two that you feel pretty good about 2026 or 2025. And then 2026, you go another year possibly redshirt senior Brian Dilworth, third-year players in all those three corners, you feel like you have real good coverage, no pun intended there, at the corner position in 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026. And that's what the addition three dudes at this position is going to to give you in addition to what you already have in the program to where you give a bunch of credit here to Jordan Peterson what he's been able to do in Arizona what he's been able to do with DBs you give credit to Chris Simpson for what he's been able to do uh, in the Detroit pipeline area you give credit to you know all the staff because everybody really does have a piece in it uh, whether it's evaluating whether it's you know, helping out with recruiting visits, like Brian Borland's obviously, you know, still involved as a defense coordinator. Lance Leipold is the head coach. Like, this is a staff-wide thing for what they've been able to do, but really give a lot of credit to Chris Simpson and Jordan Peterson for really being able to establish some of these guys, and that was the case with Jalen Todd. In the case of Jalen Todd, Chris Simpson and Jordan Peterson we're the top two, uh, the the primary recruiters for KU, and they continue to kind of clean up in this offseason and what has been a really impressive June so far for KU. And you had that mega visit last week. You're seeing a handful of these guys commit to the program. Who knows if there's even more that are going to end up committing or that have KU as their favorite right now or that, you know, now are warranting a second look at, at what their thoughts of, of Lawrence and, and KU and everything were that that visit ended up being what, you know, we, we might look back in, in three, four years from now and look back at this specific, that last weekend's visit as being one of the more monumental weekend visits um, that, that we've had in quite some time here at uh, KU and, and pretty impressive stuff what the coaching staff is doing to clean it up. All right, I want to finish up another look at what this means for the overall class of 2024 because it is uh, pretty impressive. And I've got some numbers that uh, I want to share as far as that goes. First, though, uh, this episode of the show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. All right, this is Locked on Jayhawks, and uh, we are back for another look at what this means for the class of 2024. So I have a uh, interesting little statistic page here. If you're listening, I'll go through these numbers for you. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm posting up this uh, little, I guess, graphic, uh, I guess you could say poorly done graphic at that just kind of going over some of the numbers here for what this class of 2024 uh by the way uh jonathan kamara your linebacker got his grade he's just outside the top 1000 for what it's worth um but ku now has 10 commits with the latest edition jalen todd utley just dropped out of the top 1000 um in, in with some of the new players hopping over him so he would have accounted for this now he's no longer there you're still waiting on Jacory stewart's grade which if you only go off his 24 7 sports grade As they await other sites, he would be either in or right around the top 1,000 mark. But from what we know, of the 10 commits right now for KU, that means they have seven top 1,000 recruits. I have uh, kind of already gone over in some of the past episodes this meaning, the significance of that. But here gives you the visual look, which, again, I, I will talk about for you if you're just listening on the audio side. Right now, KU has the 34th ranked class. In the class of 2024 will that hold how many of these kids will stay committed how important is having a good season just to keep those kids committed and keep your momentum going forward we will see but if it ended today this would be ku's best recruiting rank of a class since the 24 7 sports launch which was 2010 to give you an idea of the composite so that gives us about 15 different classes to look into here 34th would be the best And I maintain that the difference between like the 50th and the 80th or whatever best class is really not that much. It's very close together in where a lot of those kids end up being ranked. And sometimes it's more about volume. Sometimes it's just about, you know, a few spots here or there that really if you're in those class ranks, it's all about development. Development is still key, regardless whether you're the number two class, number 20 class, number 50. That's right. But at the end of the day, the 50 through 80, I never really cared about the rankings in that regard. But if you start inching close to the top 25, you're in the top 40, that's when it starts to matter in a positive light. If you start inching closer to being, you know, in the 100 range or the 90 range, that's when it might start mattering in a negative light. And they are doing things that are in a positive light here recruiting. When you add on to what they should be as a staff developing, and we have seen already with a lot of different players, it's very impressive. But I think the most impressive number among looking of what they've done is the just quality of player. So there's a chance that they don't get, you know the most 500 top 500 or top 1000 commits they've ever had they had 13 top 1000 commits in 2011 but part of that could just be number wise uh, this this staff is only going to take 12 to 16 or so high school commits in a given year and they're going to fill out the rest of their class with the transfer portal so they're not going to have the same numbers as 2011 when you brought in 32 commits or 2013 when you brought in 37 commits You're not going to be able to match the pure volume, possibly. Like 2011, you brought in 32. 13 of them were top 1,000, which that's the most you've had. Right now, you have seven. It's going to be tough to catch that. But when you look at it as a percentage, when you look at it as the number of players you are bringing in, how quality the number of players you're bringing in, it does not match what they have done this year. If you're watching on our our YouTube feed, um, if it's highlighted blue, that means the most. If it's highlighted red, that means second most. If it's highlighted yellow, that means third most. And so what this class has done of their commits right now are top 1,000 commits. The second best number is in the 40s. And coincidentally enough, that was actually the 2023 class. So now you continue to stack, even if it's only 24 commits between last year and this year so far, the number of really good players that are part of those are are very exceedingly high. And then you're balancing out with the transfer portal. Whereas you go back to 2011, that was the third best. And you had about a little over 40% of your commits were top 1000. Right now you're pacing at 70%. You look at the top 800 um, commits, four of them, that's 40%. So basically this class right now for KU has about the same percentage of top 800 commits as the 2011 class had top 1000 commits which had 13 of them in tow. You have two top 500 commits, which is already tied for the third most you've ever brought into a class since that 24-7 sports launch in 2010. You have three top 600 commits. Again, that is a third of the most you've ever been able to bring in since that era of of recruiting and everything. This is going to pay big dividends, man, down the road, and it is just absolutely, utterly impressive of what Lance Leipold and this staff have been able to do And again, they're, they're probably not going to match some of these other things. They're only going to bring on a couple more high school commits, right? But the pure quality of the player they're bringing in, when you continue to mash those classes together, as they did with last year, and then you add to it, all the transfers that they brought in that have been key contributors from your Craig Young's to your Lonnie Phelps to your Rich Miller's to, you know, upcoming guys, you're looking to have a big impact like your JB Brown's, um, your Dylan McDuffie's, your Jason Beans, I guess, technically like when you're supplanting those two things together and bringing them in at this high of a level, you're going to have a lot of success, especially when you're a staff that does as much development and has as much consistency in the coaching staffs and it does as well as they do with game management and all that sort of stuff that the Kansas staff is having that this is a really impressive time and a really exciting time, I think, to be a KU football fan. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the show we'll be back at you next week to uh maybe break down some basketball stuff again if the football i I said to open up the show ku football is addicted to getting commits for the class of 2024 if that continues to roll in then we'll continue to bring you shows about that otherwise we'll uh, transition to some other stuff but uh this has been locked on jayhawks you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts you can subscribe to us like us and watch us on our youtube show as well that'll do it and we'll uh, see you next time with locked on jayhawks later